Good Monday morning to you. And this is a part two where we look at the elder meeting in scripture. Again, you'll need part one before you understand this particular one. And while it is very much focused upon my the tribe in which I was raised, it also applies to other leadership councils. I'm very aware that, for example, the Catholics have conclaves where bishops or cardinals or various groups come together and determine uh, doctrine, practice, and the like under the leadership of the Pope, and then come out and tell you, you know, the, the same way they pick a Pope, they go in, uh, close the door, eventually the white smoke shows up. It's not a community process. People who want to see an example, and, and these are people that want to do Bible things in Bible ways, which is laudable on its surface until you realize the Bible was written to a wide group of peoples and cultures that were in very different situations. And therefore we have to, as Paul told Timothy, learn how to rightly divide the word. But that's it. Those who wanna find meetings of church leaders can only really go to two places. Now, Acts 6 is the first one, and Acts, is not, Acts 6 is not about an elders meeting in any stretch, but it is still very interesting because in Acts chapter 6, there was a problem. There was an issue. The issue was, to put it simply, the Jewish people had had a very effective long-term way of dealing with people, with people who were suddenly widowed. Uh, they had a great welfare social network thing that protected their people. And the Jewish people would lay by in store so that there could be this giving of funds to a widow or this, um, this helping somebody who suddenly become disabled. They took care of each other this way. And uh, the Deuteron uh, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, all of these, sometimes these books seem a bit boring, but they were setting into practice things that protected people. It was a safety net. Now, Many of those Jewish people have come to faith in Jesus, and now they are still Jews, but they are Christians. And as Jesus intended, and the apostles um, absolutely insisted upon, Gentiles were also welcome in. Well, when the Gentiles come in, they didn't have that social safety net uh, created by their pagan temples before they became Christians. They don't have any funds. And so in Acts 6, there was a really strong, hurt-feeling division because those that were Gentiles, those widows, were not given any funds, were not taken care of. And right in the same church, same faith community, the Jewish widows were. And they were saying, well, if they're being cared for, why aren't we? And I'm sure the response coming back was, well, we as a community have been saving for this because we always save for this, and you should have saved for it, even though nobody told you to. And it was contentious. It was the very sort of thing that elders in a church might have to be driven into their little room to decide what are we going to do, except they didn't. And they came to the apostles. There, there were no elders as such. The whole church was talking about this. That would mean men and women. Uh, anybody really over the age of 12 or 13 was considered grown up uh, and for this purpose, for, for being able to speak. Um, and again, there were rules for it. I'm trying not to get too complex. <clears throat> so they come to the apostles and they say, here's the problem. 
Now, this is a legitimate problem. It is hurting people. Their understanding is all over the map. And it is very divisive, not potentially divisive, very divisive. And what do the apostles say? Take care of it. Read Act 6. They don't give direction. They just say, just pick some people and take care of it. And so they pick some people. And it's also, just as an aside, if you've uh, been listening on the Wednesday midweek Bible class, we are, we're stuck on 1 Corinthians 14 at the very end now because we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about women and, and worship and ministry and you know, what do these passages mean. So um, that said, it does seem in Acts chapter 6 that they picked men. And most people say that's the beginning of people being deacons right there. Interesting little factoid, the only person in the New Testament specifically called a deacon is a woman named Phoebe in Romans chapter 16. Hmm, we'll talk about her, but not here. We got something else to do. So if that's the only elders meeting and it wasn't an elders meeting because there weren't elders, what, what do we do now? Well, in Acts chapter 15, there was again a huge problem. The Jerusalem church seemed to have sorted itself out by now, but the church had spread. It was going all over. And Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, was running across problems. Um, and so were that, how Jewish do we need to be to be Christian? That's really what it came down to. You know, do we, circumcision? Do we still keep the Sabbath? Do we eat kosher? Uh, do we still have the same festival days and holidays? It was a real struggle because the Jews are coming hundred years minimum of tradition and teaching from God, leadership by their various prophets, priests, kings. And now they're coming upon these barbarians, these, which was anybody other than you is always a barbarian, uh, that didn't have any of these rules. And they were saying, no, we, we follow Jesus. Why, what do you, what about circumcision again? Um, and it was, understandably, not welcomed, and, and so the struggle. So how are we going to settle this? Well, they all sent emissaries to their mother church, Jerusalem. By the way, that particular passage causes great heartburn and pain for people in my tribe and in a lot of other tribes that say we have no central organization. Well, um, we and we didn't, by the way. Uh, we didn't. We, what we had was peer pressure to beat everybody into line, but, and, and, you know, brotherhood periodicals and brotherhood lectureships to make sure everybody stayed in line. But the Jerusalem church was a mother church. And so they come in and please read chapter 15 very carefully. Don't do it fast. Read it four or five times. Look at the words. Be very careful with the words. What happens? Well, they all gather in Jerusalem and it becomes like a synagogue meeting. They come to the elders of the church in Jerusalem. Now, there's an apostle there. there, there are more than one, and yet the elders of the church are the ones doing the talking and the listening. Why? Because in Jewish synagogue, the older men who had proven themselves, it wasn't an office, it was they were the ones you talked to. How do I do this? What's going on? So they all come, and by the way, if you're thinking, oh, no, it's an office, hang on, hang on. We want to get through this, okay? Breath, get a picture. Um, so what do you do? Well, they came and both sides tell their story. 
The elders then ask, what is God doing where you are? Tell us the good news. Isn't that interesting? Instead of making sure they, they heard from everybody and then making a decision, they're, they weren't all that interested in the argument. They wanted to know what God was doing. So the people told them what they were doing. And then the elders said, we rejoice that God is working through all of you. Now, just get along. They didn't say who was right where. They didn't come down on kosher, Sabbath. Uh, do we say Yeshua or Jesus? You know, do we do, we, uh, do these holy days or not? Do, they didn't, uh, circumcision, big question. I'm sure a lot of people were waiting on that one. They didn't say a word. Just basically, just get along with each other. And then they wrote a letter so that everybody could have a letter from the elders in Jerusalem to take home. And it says, this is what it's for. So that you'll know this was our decision. Uh, first of all, they had already decided, let's not make it harder than it has to be for the Gentiles coming to faith. Would you just think about that? Let's not make it harder than it has to be. Let's make it as easy as possible. I've had people talk about, well, if you don't do this, this is in your churches and your laws don't say this, that, and the other, you're just you're just being weak and shallow and you were diluting the word of God. No, we're actually following it. We read Acts 15. Let's not make it harder than it has to be. So how, how hard does it have to be? That, I mean, that's the thing to come back with, right? Well, these things are immovable doctrines and we cannot... What did the letter say? The letter went out praising everybody for their faith, praising all these people for what God is doing through them, and then saying... All we really have to say to you is abstain from meat, uh, from blood and the meat offered to idols and, um, and, and don't sleep around. That was it. They refused to take a position because they know that what works in Corinth will not work in Jerusalem and what works in Jerusalem will not work in Carthage or wherever else the church had gone. And so they're saying, just get along and don't act like a pagan. That's what the abstain from blood offered to idols meant. Don't act like a pagan and keep yourself spiritually and physically pure. And that was it. The only elders meeting we have a record of in scripture refused to make a decision on a contentious matter and instead told people, leave each other alone don't make this harder than it has to be. Don't act like pagans and don't sleep around. And in fact, they put in the letter, this seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You want to try to argue with that? You go right ahead. But there is no place in script for the elders of the Kirk to go into session and then to come out with decisions or for local guys put in a position to go into their wee room and come out and make a decision that affects the whole church. There's no, no example of this. Instead, they come out and they're part of the community and they speak to the community. Now, some will then immediately run over Timothy when it talks about ruling, the elders that rule over you. Aha, we've got you now. Well, Jesus said, don't let anybody rule over you. Mark 9, 
So how are we going to do this? We're going to understand that what Paul was talking about was not a ruling as in we think in American or Western European terms, or certainly in an Asian or Middle Eastern, but rather as a shepherding. And shepherding is not done separate from the sheep. You don't, you make it in the open. You have discussion in the open. You decide in the open. And I had one elder said, well, you know, we'd let anybody attend that wants to. Really? Then leave this room, meet in the middle of your sanctuary or auditorium, and, and publicly let people know what's coming up, what you're going to talk about, and when. I've had people say, no, no, some of these things need to be confidential. Yeah, uh, I can get that. But are you trying to say that only you guys then know how to address this problem? Shouldn't we bring in other voices from the community that will also keep faith and not spread the news and help us make decision? Maybe it's not smart to have just men in here or just white people in here or just old people in here because we are a community and our only king is Christ. And he didn't put anybody between us and him or us and God. Let's make sure that we respect those who have lived good lives in the faith and who have great knowledge and kindness and grace and they look like and they sound like Jesus. Let's respect them. We can even call them elders, but we don't call them kings. We don't call them the decision makers. We don't call them lords. We have a Lord. All right. We'll see you soon for another Monday morning message, but this time in September, how they roll. God bless. Have a great <clears throat> Hello. Monday morning once again. Now, this particular who told you about is going to be more narrowly focused. Um, some of you, this will not seem to apply to at all. Let's say that you're Roman Catholic or you're Anglican or Episcopalian. Um, you're any of those more high church. There are other churches, however, that are uh, rather like my old tribe and um, a great many Protestant churches that have a leadership board that they call elders. Some of them will call them presbyters or bishops, but that's fairly rare. And some of them will call them shepherds. I've found that more and more are using that term. But where do we get the idea of elders? Well, we get it very simply from Scripture. And, uh, and Timothy and Titus, both of them were asked to, to find people who could lead the church.